Hello once again, everybody. Welcome to the Common Sense American Podcast. And as you have no doubt already heard, Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, has been indicted for, what, the third time? Facing a bunch more charges. Uh, we all knew this was coming. Uh, and as expected, uh, Republicans uh, like, for example, Ted Cruz um, and uh, 2024 candidate uh, Ramaswamy, they're all saying it's ridiculous and uh, a blatant just attack on the Constitution and all of that, while Democrats are uh, celebrating, saying Trump is a criminal and the devil and he needs to go down and all that. Um, and at the same time, of course, the mainstream media uh, doesn't miss a beat in covering anything regarding uh, the Trump indictment while flat out ignoring um, the Biden, uh, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden fiasco involving uh, clear corruption and bribery. We don't know to what extent exactly, but it seems pretty obvious that at the bare minimum, uh, they are guilty of a few things, but you know, uh, that is, as CNN called it a clown show. They can do whatever they want. They're they're a joke of a of a of a network anyway. They left journalism a law behind a long time ago. So we ignore, or anybody with a brain should ignore everything they say. Um, they, look, I don't want to get too deep into this because I, if you look at this uh, from like a 2024 perspective in terms of who has the edge and all that. And many polls right now, if you added them all together and looked at them, it would it would appear as if Trump and Biden are like locked in a in, in really close race, um, which is what it may turn out to be. Trump is well ahead of of the of the crowd when it comes to the GOP nomination, um, unless he is legally stopped from running. It, it seems inevitable he'll get the the nomination, of course, we got a long way to go. You know, we got over a year here. Anything can happen. Um, DeSantis appears to be down and out. He had to. He has to restart his whole campaign, a reboot, if you will. Um, he was. He'd fallen behind. Uh, even I think. Um, even Ramaswamy, I think, uh, and DeSantis, he's just been tumbling in the polls, so he's he might try and claw his way back. Who knows? He might. We don't know what could happen in, in the next year. A lot can happen, and a lot can happen very quickly. Um, we have seen that, and history has proven that. And, of course, on the Democrat side, it's they have nobody. It's, it's Biden. Um, or, well, it's Biden and Harris, because everybody on that side knows that if a vote for Biden for another term is definitely a vote, a vote for Harris because he ain't going to make it, um, which is asinine to me, completely insane that she would put that woman in charge of a country. She's there's something wrong with her. She's not she's not fit to do anything as far as I'm concerned. But um, and this all of this, you know, the indictment, the 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 Biden trial. Um, the general feeling that America has for its politicians right now, I don't think it could possibly be lower or ever has been lower. Um, and you, you look at them all, they're all getting insanely rich um, on this. And I mean, look look at AOC, for example. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, right? She was a bartender, and in just a few years, she's worth $35 million. Now, her salary, there's no explanation because it ain't worth that. Um, but these people just get richer and richer and richer. You look at the Pelosi's. Uh, it's The whole thing is basically all about money at this point. Um, and, and for the Democrats, money and power. Uh, but my, because of that, people are, don't believe that these people can really save us. Even I think even the most ardent Trump supporters 
uh, will admit that there is something bigger going on right now that an election, even a presidential election, cannot change or fix. And that is one thing. And it's the one thing that this country is divided over. It's the one thing that there is no simple, easy fix for and something that could ultimately tear us apart. And it's really not politics, although you, you could say it's, I guess you could say it's political at its core because everything is now. But it is the culture war. It is the clashing of two sides that are now so far apart that there is virtually no common ground, that there is nothing they can agree upon, and that just about everything is they're at odds they're at odds on everything and they're not even close anymore there's not even each side seems to have gone farther in their respective direction so uh they're just more extreme each side pushing the other to become more extreme hence we have a very uh, vicious culture war politics can't solve culture wars they can't solve um a populace divided by uh, core beliefs, a, a, a complete difference, a polar opposite difference in a lot of ways of core beliefs. This, this is what we're facing right now. And whether it's Biden in office or Trump in office or whoever in office, there will always be the other side pushing back with a vengeance because they don't go with anything that these people are doing. Um, so say, for example, Trump... It would it would take a miracle, but say he did get back into the White House. Um, all that would really happen is that, first of all, uh, the mainstream media would just have an epic field day and just, you know, they, they, they would honestly, some of them would probably start advocating for his assassination. And that's not even much of an exaggeration. These people are that far gone. They really do believe that he's the devil. Um so you're going to get some immense pushback. You're going to, and you're going to see the left just have complete meltdowns. If you thought it was bad uh, when Trump beat Clinton uh, in 2016, and you had you know the snowflakes crying on camera and all that, if you thought if you thought that was something, wait until you see what what happens if Trump gets back. One one of the reasons why I didn't really want him as a nominee is because he is such a polarizing figure, and they hate him so much, and the division of this country will only get worse if he's in there. I Obviously, it's not going to be healed if Biden is in there. But the left's violent, visceral reactions to Trump and his uh, and all his supporters are so scary that you have to think that uh, his inauguration will just ignite a firestorm, a civil war firestorm, if you will. Um, that is not, like I said, you know, he could he could pass all the executive orders he wants. He could make all the, the moves you want him to make and all of that. But in the end, the culture war will still be there. The left will still be pushing back against it. You can't just pass laws against every woke thing. That's not going to happen. We do believe in freedom of speech. What we have to do is create um, an environment uh, in, in education, especially, where we start to break this down where we start to eliminate the woke and, and identify it as the toxic, destructive force that it is and make sure that the youth coming up understand this and that there is something called uh, you know, rights for all and, and equality for all and all these good things without going so insane far off the beaten path that you're just a lunatic. Um, 
So that's the only way that happens. This, this is a slow, slow burn in terms of fixing it. Um, how many of you know, have friends or family members who you simply don't speak to anymore because of this fundamental difference in belief and opinion? I guarantee you that just about every one of you has had at least some uh, altercation or some sort of schism caused by a difference of, of political and cultural opinion. And bear in mind, it's it's if you really got into it, it's not so much, oh, I just voted for Trump and I, and I voted for Biden. It's more of a, this is why I'm left, this is why I'm right. There's that fundamental difference. There's those core tenets that you disagree on. Um, which is what, what my point was a couple of weeks ago um, when I said the biggest issue that we face is this gap. It is not political. It is not, it is not anything that an election can solve. So how to solve it? Well, you solve it um, by somehow getting people to talk to each other again and by somehow uh, eliminating the smoke and mirrors. One of my recent podcasts was the smoke and mirrors surrounding the conservative side that the left, in which the left believes, they really do believe these smoke and mirrors. They believe these horrible things that the MSM con consistently, continually says about people on the right. Now, they're overblown way exaggerated, and very often just flat-out false. So the left are basically believing lies or extremely exaggerated statements. And it, no wonder they don't want to talk to us because they really believe these things. Um, so, and, and for our side, we want to believe that there are moderate Democrats out there, like moderate liberals, maybe like RFK types. We kind of want to believe that those people are out there. Unfortunately, every time, for example, we're online, all we see, and again, I've made this point before, the loudest voices online, the most prominent, are always the most extreme, right? Those are the ones that get the most traction. Those are the ones you see the most. Those are the ones you hear from the most often because they're loud and sometimes nuts. And so you start to think, well, gee, that's got to be all that's out there because it kind of feels like it. It's one giant echo chamber that amplifies the most radical. And because we're not talking to people on the left anymore and they're not talking to us. We just have to go by secondhand information of what the internet is showing us. And again, it's only showing us the most radical sides of both parties. So, you know, they're going to think every single person on the right is a Marjorie Taylor Greene and we're going to think that every single person on the left is, is either a Trudeau or a Schiff or somebody. I mean, there, there have to be people somewhere closer to the middle. My problem is when you start to uh, lose those people, when you start to lose the moderates, you lose any chance of talking, of negotiating, of coming to some understanding between the two sides. The culture war is everything right now. It's, it's, it's every single aspect of society. It's everywhere we go. It's in the stores we walk into. It's in the advertisements we see. It's in all of our entertainment. It's splattered throughout education. It's in, and now it's in every single, it seems like it's in every single government bill, even when it has no bearing on the culture at all. You can find woke stuff and anti-woke stuff in bills about energy and bills about the economics. You know, they're turning everything into a social issue. Which means the culture war is part of every major issue. This is our biggest 
hurdle right now, and I, frankly, I don't see a way around it or over it, um, unless you know we've got a clash. But clashing in that clash, we have to learn again that we are in the same country, that we are the same, uh, that we are all our citizens of the same country. Now, I know to those of you on the right, and I've spoken to you many times before that. I know how you feel, that you feel as if you are in a country that hates you, that doesn't want you here, that you don't understand anymore, um, that uh, clearly all the powers that be are against you um, in every conceivable way. So it, will be, it would be difficult to stand up there and say, okay, I'm willing to talk, when it's so much easier to just say to hell with all of you. Um, I'm, I'm just not going to deal with you anymore. And I have said and even advised that maybe this is not a bad idea to simply avoid these people, ignore them because they are toxic and dangerous and nasty and miserable. And they're just looking to spread their darkness as far as the eye can see. And if you don't want to be uh, embroiled in the darkness, if you don't want to be lost in that growing maelstrom of evil, then you have to simply avoid it and live your own life outside of it. The problem is it's going to become basically impossible to do that at some point. For now, I think it's not a bad idea because it lessens the tensions on both sides. It lowers the thermometer, if you will. We're not so amped up all the time. You know, we're just trying to live our lives. And if we're going to be going out of our way to avoid the woke nonsense, then we're, we'll be clashing with them less, right? Um, but that doesn't mean they're going to stop. They're going to continue to hammer because it's all they know. Um, so the culture war has no simple answer. I am not here to give you an answer. I'm not here to give you the solution. I've said that from the start of my podcast years ago, that I am not here to be a leader. I'm not here to tell you the right and wrong way to do things. I'm just here to give voice to the biggest issues that the country faces and make sure that we acknowledge them understand them and realize that they are a lot bigger than one election, even a presidential election. Everybody is hammering on the 2024 presidential election as sort of a turning point, as the no turning back point. If somebody gets in, that's it. The whole country's done. You know, one side saying this about the other. The left is saying if Trump gets in, okay, that's it. The country's dead. And, and the right is saying if Biden wins again, okay, the country's dead. So... <laughs> The only reason we're saying that is not because of what they can do as presidents, but because of what they're going to support as presidents and which side is going to get bolstered because they're president. That culture war will continue to rage. It's just a matter of which side's going to get the boost because that person's in charge. It won't end the culture war. Just because Biden wins will not stop us from resisting and retreating and maybe attacking in some ways. And if Trump gets in, it will not stop the left from doing what they've been doing, which is just being absolutely insane and violent for the past however many years it, and spreading the, the woke agenda. The, none of that's going to change. You know, that all of, he can't stop it. He didn't stop it before. He just sort of made us feel as if, okay, maybe we can get this country back on track. Um, you'll have somebody in your corner. That's really all it means. But in the long run, what does it mean? What is the end game of this culture war? Uh, historically, culture wars result in civil war. Because, you know, if you really... This might be a very unique point in history, though, because this isn't uh, the, the French Revolution. This isn't 
the uh, the Russian peasants rising up against the czars. This isn't uh, an aristocrat versus everyday man situation. This isn't political at its core. It's culture at its core. Um, so it's not like one side is going to go and overthrow Washington because that really won't do you much good because that other half of people will always, it's not like the people are united against the ruling class. The people are divided. The people themselves, the populace, in many instances throughout history, when a regime fell, it's because the people as one rose up and pushed back against it. Uh, or, or did something to push back against it. For example, when our ancestors in Europe pushed back against the monarchies and said, to hell with you, we want, a, we want freedom, and came over to America and found freedom in another part of the, the planet, right? That, that's a pushback against a certain kind of ruling, a certain kind of regime. That's not what's happening here. This is a populist divided. A populist divided can't... Uh, overthrow anything because there's not you'll be clashing against the other side no matter what and there's no point to it because one side will always have somebody powerful in office and that side provided it remains big enough and there's enough of them in the populace will always have enough power to fight back when it's got when you got half and half which you could argue that it is now um, well then how are we going to do anything? Elections won't change anything. Changing person who's in office won't change anything because that will not change the minds of the other side. The culture war, which again, I'm not sure we've seen examples of um, throughout history. I'd have to look. One wonders where we've seen this. Um, maybe perhaps in ancient Rome um, when it became too decadent and overstuffed for its own good, and uh, Rome essentially collapsed from the inside. Um, and that, but that feels like more of just like the entire populace just falling apart and, uh, you know, embracing a level of uh, hedonism and um, uh, wanton just, I'll do whatever I want, whenever I want, which I'm afraid we're going in that direction. Um, and then it, it doesn't work. It weakened the entire infrastructure politically, socially, uh, and financially, and opened them up to uh, just, they just crumbled from within. I mean, obviously, technically, Rome was eventually uh, conquered and split apart, but it, it would never have happened if that populace had, had remained unified and strong. Um, we are not unified and strong. Uh, that populace fell. Will we fall too, regardless of who is in office? We look at our enemies. We look at people like China and Russia who are looking at us and going, well, this is, this is interesting because we've never seen the United States so heavily divided. And because when a country is divided, it is at its weakest point. You think China doesn't notice that? It's not so much that it wouldn't matter, I don't think, if Trump won. I mean, it might matter a little because I think he might just start launching nukes because he's a little nutty. Um, but they still see a divided populace. They see a country that's cracking apart at the seams. And, and that is just, that is, you know, that's maybe not for flat-out war, but for movements against us, you know, coming in and taking over parts of education, snapping up parts of our land. That's what China's been doing for, for decades. Uh, they've infiltrated education in, in a way you can't imagine since the 60s. They've been doing the same thing on the, in our land. They're trying to, we're trying to say they're not an enemy. I mean, you know, we are, we are in a very bad position because we are projecting that weakness. 
Yes, Biden projects his own obvious weakness, but it isn't helping that the country is as divided as it is because di division is weakness. There is no unity here. At least in many other countries, regardless of who's in office, there's a unity. There's there's people going, yes, we, we support the basic fundamental beliefs on which this country is founded. Um, we differ a little bit in, I don't know, maybe how certain uh, laws should be enforced or things like that, but we, we believe in these things, all of us do. Now, the U.S. used to be that way, too. Um, we used to believe in very, uh, we, had a, we had a common belief structure. And it was just sort of the, not the trivial, but let's say the um, microscopic aspects that we would differ on. The macroscopic, the, the, the macro look, the overall, overarching uh, look of the country. We, we all believed in certain things. We really did. It was like 98%. We believed that these are, this is the way things should be in this country. That's no more. Hard to keep a country going uh, on any level when it's like this. The culture war dictates all, and elections will not change it. The people have to change it and have to want to change it. Uh, problem is, if both sides in question continue to go farther in that direction, they become more radicalized, then there really will be no talking. And you know, you're going to see, and I, I predicted it before, Blue states going bluer, red states going redder. Um, you'll, you'll just see certain factions start popping up. Like an entire state will be just like, you know what, if you're a Democrat, don't, you're not coming here. We, we don't want you. And, and vice versa. Um, and you'll just start to see that that might be the case. Entire towns where if you vote a certain way, they want you out. You, you'll be squeezed out. Everybody will just hate you. Uh, because it's like living in two countries. You know what I mean? That's what it's like when there are when you have no common ground left. It is like two countries. It's like taking two diametrically opposed countries in terms of everything that they're supposed to believe in. They believe in completely opposite things and making them all live in the same geographical spot. Well, there might be some problems. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's not a terrible way to go. Maybe if that happens... And we get to that point where everybody is just sort of uh, has sort of concentrated themselves amongst like-minded individuals and completely uh, kicked out anybody who disagrees. I mean, you, you know, it says, okay, you know what? To hell with it. You go over there. We'll stay over here. We're drawing the line. Done. We're not talking about this anymore. Our schools will be this way. Your schools will be that way. Our employment process will be this way. Your employment process will be that way. Our elections will do this. Your elections will do that. Um, this is how we think. This is what, how we believe a human life should be led. That's what you believe. You keep it over there. All of that will be fundamentally different. And everybody will live their lives completely differently. Now, actually, that might be an interesting experiment. Because when that happens, or if that happens, um, we could then, after some time has passed, take a look and see who's right. Take a look and see who's faring better, which civilization. Take an entire, take the, the, the GOP ideology, the Democrat ideology, and embrace it wholeheartedly for like an entire state or something, or, or entire city, and, and have them peppered throughout the, the, the country. And then after, I don't know, 10 years, see how each one is doing, uh, crime-wise, uh, education-wise, uh, employment-wise, financially, socially, all that. Take a look and see. Then be... If the, if the results are clear, then who knows? Maybe we can all go become uh, one country again.
We can point to something and go, see, this, this isn't working. You're failing. All the blue cities and states are failing rapidly. They're becoming hellholes, lawless, insane hellholes. Um, and, and by the way, filled with entitled twits who will never work, want everything on a silver platter, um, and believe everything the government tells them. Um, that doesn't work because they don't want to work. And they're, you know, or we could find out we're wrong. I don't know. Either way, it would, it would certainly give us a pretty clear uh, image, don't you think? It'd be, it'd be, it'd be something. I think you never know. That could happen. We we could really start to see that. You can sort of do it now. I mean, there's some pretty heavy red and pretty heavy blue areas of the country, and you can sort of compare them. But it's not quite enough. You you will still come. There are still heavy contingents of red in California. There are still heavy contingents of blue in Florida. Um, so it it. it it muddies the waters a little. You can't do a direct comparison. It's harder. So anyway, my point is that the culture war here is what we need to be worried about. It's it's less political. It's not about who's in office because they're really their power doesn't extend to changing how the populace thinks. And when the populace is split down the middle and the beliefs are completely different on both sides, who's in office isn't going to change that. It doesn't matter what the office is. It could be president, vice president, mayor, governor. It doesn't matter. They're going to pass certain laws that one side's not going to like, and the other side will, but that won't end the culture war. The only way you end the culture war is by coming together somehow uh, and reacquiring that common ground that we've lost. So anyway, that's it for me. I appreciate you listening as always. Again, I'm not here to lecture or tell you what to do or what the answers are and because uh, I don't know. I'm just pointing out the very clear problems and trying to talk them through in a logical, common-sense way, hence the name of the podcast. So, appreciate you listening as always, uh, and I will see you again next week. Thank you.